don't know me, my name is Rach and it is my absolute privilege to be able to bring the Word tonight. Super exciting. But before we jump in, let's pray, hey? Dear Lord, I just thank you so much for tonight and I thank you for all these amazing people sitting in front of me. And Lord, I just thank you for your Word and I just pray tonight, Lord, that I can step out of the way and you can take my words, take my mouth and that you're able to speak through me tonight, Lord, so that these guys can just hear exactly what they need to hear tonight. In Jesus' name and all God's children said, Amen. Amen. How good. Does anyone here love a good bath or a shower? Yeah? Awesome. Here's a fun fact for you. I hate baths. I hate showers. I don't know what it is. There's just something about it and I'm just like, no. But I do still like shower. I just really have to like hype myself up to jump in. The other thing I don't like doing is washing my hands. Now, I have a legit reason for this. The reason why I don't like washing my hands is because they get super dry and I hate dry hands. But I still do wash them. Don't stress. But as a kid, I like never, ever washed my hands and I got sick all the time. I'd have colds, I'd have gastro and mum and dad were like, Rach, bro, you've got to wash your hands. And I'm like, why? And they're like, okay, there are these things called germs and bacteria, you know, like there's this unseen world that is impacting you. And they're like, Rach, you're getting impacted by the things that you can't see. And I'm like, oh, okay. And you know, I started washing my hands and lo and behold, I haven't had gastro since. It's funny how that works, isn't it? But in the same way as germs, the Bible says that there is an invisible world impacting our visible world. And that, my friends, is called the spiritual realm. Everybody say spiritual realm. Awesome. So tonight we're going to unpack the question, how do we live in our world knowing that there is an unseen world around us that could potentially be against us? That's what we're going to unpack. So tonight, the title of my message is called D-Day with the Devil. D-Day with the Devil. Everybody say D-Day. D-Day. You might be going, Rach, what is this D-Day you're on about? D-Day is actually an army term. And on D-Day, what happens is like there's a um, like special military operation occurs. So it's like you're really preparing for a special day of battle. So tonight, we are going to be preparing against, for the battle against the enemy. Yeah, And there are four points that we're going to talk about that's going to prepare us for this battle. Sound good? Awesome. So point number one, everybody say one. One One is, bro, are you for real? Some of you might be sitting there going, Rach, is there actually an enemy? Is there actually somebody against us? Yes, there is. If we read the Bible, it says that there is an enemy, there is unseen evil. So if we read from John chapter 8, verse 44, we read, He was a murderer from the beginning, awesome, and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. What Jesus is explaining here is he is saying that there is a devil who is an enemy and he has been a murderer and a gangster since the very beginning. He is fluent in lying and he hates you. And he is here to kill anything good against humanity. And you might be going, Rach, that's pretty far-fetched and that's pretty full-on. Do you actually believe that? Yes. Yes, I do. I believe and I'm convinced that there is a devil because Jesus was. 
And a couple of weeks ago, we heard from Nick that the Bible is the living, breathing Word of God and is unbelievably reliable. So if Jesus in the Bible says that there is an enemy, then I am just jolly well going to go with whatever he says. Yeah? So are we all convinced that there is some sort of unseen evil around us? Yes? Great. Which leads us to point number two. Everybody say two. Is the devil the goat of Twister? The goat of Twister. Goat standing for greatest of all time. The devil, my friends, is the best at twisting situations which God intended for good. For example, you might have started looking at a few, you know, innocent pictures on the old Insta, Snap, Facebook, TikGram, whatever it is that you're looking at. And now, without realising it, you are addicted to pornography. Or you started helping out, you started serving, you started helping out at youth, and now you believe that people value you only because of what you do rather than who you are. Or you started training, going on a diet, whatever it may be, and now you have a full-on eating disorder because you believe that your value is in what you look like. Can I talk about social media just for a sec? Social media is one of the places where the enemy can twist situations so easily. And it can be so dangerous because you are constantly comparing your life to somebody else's. And I really struggle with the whole concept of social media because it is a constant competition to try and prove your value and you're never going to win. Now, in the Bible, it talks about that you are unbelievably valuable. All of you are. It even says that you are far more valuable than diamonds. And you know what? The last time I checked, diamonds are pretty friggin' expensive and you are worth more than that. But the enemy twists that and he tells you because you're not like the popular people on social media, because you're not like the popular people at school, you therefore do not have value and you are unworthy and then you are insignificant. He's feeding you with lies, friends. The enemy is feeding you with lies. Have you ever wondered why it's called a feed? Your Instagram feed, your TikTok feed? your Facebook feed, he's feeding you with lies. And, oh, thank you, Mari. <laughs> and the enemy will try and fill you with these lies to try and trap you. And he'll do whatever he can to try and get at you. So, point number three, everyone say three, three. is don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. A little while ago at our house, we had this um, like rat problem and I would go into the shed and I'd flick on the light and I'm like, oh, the light isn't working. Oh, look at that. The rats had eaten through all the cords. Oh, look at that. I'm going to turn the watering system on. Oh, look at that. The rats have eaten through all the irrigation. Like through this whole fiasco, I learned that rats are unbelievably impressive. Like this other day, um, I went in. Um, to grab my surfboard, and I'm like, oh, look, awesome. The rats have literally eaten the surfboard cover. Like, rack off, honestly, stupid rats. Um, and I was miffed at this, because I'm like, you're wrecking my gear, bro. So what Dad and I decided to do is we're like, let's just set some traps. So we set them all out. The next day we went in and snap, got him. And it's a pretty good feeling, I'm not going to lie to you. It's just like, yes, you know when you're like, catch like a mouse and it's like oh poor little guy but when you catch like a rat yes yes you're like you deserve this 
and, <laughs> and we would set the traps out over and over again. And you'd think that the other rats, you know, after seeing Cousin Sal die, wouldn't take the bait, but they just kept on taking them. Like, despite the fact whoever got taken out, boom, snapped again. And you and I, in this situation, are like the rats. We see bad things happen over and over again. We see people getting taken out all the time, but we are still lured in by our own desires. And it can be hard. And the enemy will do whatever he can to trap you. He will distract you, and then he will trap you. So my question tonight is, what's the enemy distracting you with? Or what are you getting distracted by? And that could be social media, that could be relationships, junk food, pornography, alcohol, being busy, all these things he can distract you with. And these distractions, these tactics are a serious business. And in Ephesians, Paul, he uses a very specific word to describe these things that the enemy is distracting you with. And that, my friends, is the word schemes. Everybody say schemes. So in Ephesians 6.11, we talk about put on the full armour of God so that you can take a stand against the schemes of the enemy. The things that he's tempting you with, the things that he's trapping you with, they are all schemes. And have you noticed that the things that distract you most don't distract your mates? All of us have something different that the enemy distracts us with. And have you also noticed that those things always come at the right time, when you were most tired, when you were most alone, most weak, most vulnerable. Bro, that's not a coincidence. That is a scheme. The enemy is trying to grab you when you're at your weakest point and he doesn't want you to be secure in Christ. Of course he doesn't. He's going to distract you to make you feel like that you are going to have to do life on your own and that you are better off without him. And he is going to distract you to think that. But you know what? Even if that does happen, we do not need to worry because if we have Jesus on our team, we will always win. We will always win, which leads us to point number four. Everybody say four. Four. Is that's right. We've got Jesus. Like the enemy can seriously suck it in all honesty. So if we read... From Psalm 91 verse 3, we read, He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. Not just one trap, every hidden trap, He will rescue you. And He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. Dude, the, Lord, the enemy's already lost. He's trying, to, he's trying to win and like he's fighting a losing battle, let's be honest. And there is no need to worry about the enemy coming against you because he is small He's insignificant. He may think he's powerful, but you know what? He's a pea. You can crush him. He's got no power whatsoever because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And you know what? If you have Jesus, you have everything you need to get through the yuck that you are going through at the moment. He loves you. He cares about you. He's not going to abandon you. In Romans 8.28, we read that Jesus knows us far better than we know ourselves, which means that He knows exactly what we get tempted by and His heart breaks for us because it sucks. And the other thing I wanted to mention is like, some of you might be thinking, well, Rach, 
I'm struggling with this stuff at the moment and I feel like I'm falling into these traps over and over and over again and I feel like nothing's happening and I'm not moving through. I just don't know what to do. Does that mean I don't have enough faith? No, no, it does not. In the Bible, it talks about all you need is this faith the size of a mustard seed, which is piddly squat, to move a whole mountain. Just because you are not seeing breakthrough at the moment does not mean that you do not have enough faith because you do not need much faith to let God move. So do not let that fuel your mind tonight. And you might be going, well, yeah, it's cool that you're saying all this Scripture and stuff, but how do you know he, Jesus is here and He is going to help me? How do I know? This is why. After camp, after youth camp, I didn't have a fabulous time. I'm not going to lie. Like, yes, I had my fat 15-hour sleep on Monday night, which was unreal. But I woke up on Tuesday crippled with fear and anxiety. And I had these voices in my mind just yelling at me, telling me that I was not good enough, that I was unworthy, that I was being selfish for taking time off of youth. It was full on. And usually, like these voices come quite often, and usually I'm able to just deal with it and go, no, whack off. But because I had been so busy leading up to camp, I completely burnt myself out and I was weak and vulnerable. And I'm just like, I just cannot be bothered fighting this at the moment. And all I wanted to do was sleep and just rest, but I couldn't. Because these voices were so loud in my mind, it sounded like somebody was blasting music in my head and it was just, I could not get rid of it regardless of how much I prayed, read the Word, worshipped, it was just doing nothing. But if I did get to sleep by some miracle, I was then woken up by these crazy faces. And these faces would loom out of the darkness and then eyeball me and stare at me right in the face. And these faces were so flipping terrifying. And these faces come semi-often, but this time it was like next level. And I prayed and at the name of Jesus, they vanished because they have to. And, and like I was praying and I'd go, but then I'd be so anxious about going back to sleep. And I'm just like, holy smokes, this is hard. And this was happening night after night. The voices were getting louder. The faces were being more constant and more scary. And it was full on. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I need help. So I started messaging people. And I'm like, hey, can you pray for me? Can you pray for me? Can you pray for me? And people were praying. And I had so many people praying. It was insane. And the voices started gradually going away, which was great. The faces started going. But I was still so anxious. And because I was so anxious, I was turning to social media. And I said before, social media and me just really don't mix. I was looking at the stuff and I'm just like, oh, I'm missing out on that and that and that. And because of that, I was just feeling so down. And because I was feeling so upset, I was turning to food to numb my emotions. And last time I came up and spoke, I talked about how I had mental health stuff, I've had anxiety, depression, and I had this binge eating disorder, which almost took my life. And whenever something yucky comes, I instantly turn to food because that's the thing that the enemy distracts me with. And I just go down that road again of just full on binging and it is terrifying because I feel like I can't get out. And this went on for ages and the prayer started to help. So that helped me you know, control my eating a bit. And I'm like, yes, I'm out of the woods. It's gonna be fine. 
boy was I wrong. That night I woke up to this full on screaming. It sounded like men, women, kids were all getting tortured in my mind. It was so loud that I woke up, I sat out of bed and I'm just like, what is this? And I was wide awake and this screaming was continuing in my head. And no one else at home heard at all. I asked them the next morning and they're like, no. But it was just this loudest screaming and I'm just like, Jesus, help me. Snap, went away again at the name of Jesus, which was unreal, but it was still so unbelievably terrifying. And I was turning to food over and over and over again. But do you know what? Even though I may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because I know Jesus is with me. He's holding my hand and He's going, do you know what, Rach? I know how you're feeling. I know how the enemy is tempting you, but you are going to get out of this whether you like it or not. I know exactly how you're feeling. I know exactly what the enemy is tempting you with, but you are going to be okay. You are going to be okay. And you know what? The enemy may think he is one, but he will never win. He will never win. This whole flippin' fiasco since camp lasted over a month. And I'm just like, God, where are you? Jesus, why aren't you taking me out of this? The enemy will never win. All of these things He is using to trap you are a scheme. They are a scheme. So if the enemy has tactics, we need tactics. Yeah, so you know what? Suck it, Satan. We're coming after you, you meanie. So in Paul, um, sorry, in Ephesians, Paul lays it out for all of us of how we can take a stand. And that is by putting on the full armour of God. So let's read through this. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. And you know what? If you're going through a battle, you're going to need to protect your heart, protect your soul. And to do that, you're going to need a breastplate. And that breastplate is His righteousness. And you know what? You're going to have something, you're going to need to have something on your feet if you're wanting to have any hope in moving forward successfully. So your feet need to be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. There are also going to be some flaming arrows coming at you from the evil one. And you're going to need a shield. And that shield is your faith, your faith in Jesus. And there are going to be lies. There are going to be strongholds coming at your mind. And your mind is going to be weak. But do you know what? If you chuck on the old helmet of salvation, it will protect you. That helmet is your salvation in Jesus. And not only that, there is the sword of the Spirit. So when the enemy comes right up in your grill, you have something close at hand to fight back with. And that sword, my friends, is the living Word of God. Yeah? But it doesn't stop there. It does not stop there. In verse 18, there is one more piece to this armour. And Paul says to pray. To pray. Prayer allows us to access the bits of heaven that God wants to give you now. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to wait to heaven to get all the cool stuff that God has for me. And prayer is awesome because that is what pushes the kingdom of darkness back. And you know what God says, when my people pray, when my people humble themselves, the enemy will have to flee at the name of Jesus. Which is why those voices left, which is why that full on screaming left, which is why those faces left, had to flee in the name of Jesus. So friends, this is why I need Jesus. Because if I didn't have Him, I can honestly say that I would not be standing here. Honestly. 
That is why I need Jesus. And prayer is one of the things that I think sometimes gets missed in the armour. But it is just so important. Prayer is what got me through my battle. It's what has got through my battles in the past. And it is what will help me get through the battles in the future. So tonight, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. And I don't know what you guys are going through at the moment. And I don't know what you guys have been through. But I really want to pray for some people tonight. So what we're going to do, I've been having to think of how we're going to do this. And I think this is how we're going to do it. So if I can have all of you guys to stand to your feet, that would be awesome. So tonight... This might be a bit weird, but you know what? Just Let's just go with it. Let's see what God wants to do. I would love all of you guys to close your eyes and just be with Him. Don't think about anybody else. This is between you and Jesus. There are a few people who I want to pray for tonight. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to call them out I'm going to call them out the people who I want to pray for and if that just hits you hard or if that just goes yep Rach that relates to me I want you to come forward and you might be going oh Rach that's so scary because everybody else is here do you know what they're spending their time with Jesus so they're not even going to be noticing you and the other thing is is you might be going oh Rach this is just like so embarrassing what I've been going through but do you know what it's the enemy who should be embarrassed not you. And remember, when you come forward, your step of faith, you are making the enemy weaker. You are not becoming weaker, the enemy is. That's good. So let's just close our eyes and fix our eyes on Him. So, people who I would love to pray for, if you're thinking to yourself, Rach, I just want to know this Jesus guy. I want to follow him and I want to make him the Lord and Saviour of my life and follow him for the rest of my days. If that is you, come on forward. For those of you who feel like they are getting attacked by the enemy, I want you to come on forward. Whether that is mental health, anxiety, depression, addiction. If you are addicted to pornography, alcohol, drugs, whatever it is, I want to pray for you. If you feel like you have some sort of eating disorder, so you are binge eating or you're not eating or you have bulimia, whatever it is, I want to pray for you. If you feel like that you do not have self-esteem and you are feeling low and you are feeling insecure and you feel like that there's nothing you can do because you just feel weak and so scared to leave the house, I want to pray for you. If you have feelings of doubt, fear, shame, I want to pray for you. If you are at home at the moment and you are scared of being at home, I want to pray for you. If you are here tonight and you're like, Rach, I do not want to go home tonight because home is scary. At home, I am overlooked. At home, I don't feel valued. I want to pray for you. If you're getting bullied at school, I want to pray for you. If you're feeling like, Rach, school is so hard for me at the moment and I do not even want to go on Monday, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. So let me pray and you guys can come forward and the leaders will pray for you even more. So dear Lord, I just thank you so much for tonight. I thank you for what you are doing in this place. 
Jesus, I just pray for these people who are going through a battle at the moment. And I pray that you will protect them, that you will be with them, and that these people will know that you are looking after them and that you care for them. I pray for a hedge of protection around each and every single one of these guys. And I just pray that they will know how much they are loved and how much they are valued. And I pray that the enemy might come to steal, kill and destroy, but God, you have come to bring life and life to the full. And I pray that these kids will know that. I pray that they will know that. And I pray for freedom. Today is Freedom Day, folks. You are going to be free from whatever the enemy has been trying to use to trap you and distract you. You are going to be free in Jesus' Name. Jesus' mighty Name. Amen.